chill out, what you yelling for? Lay back, it's all been done before. And if you could only let it be, you would see. I like you the way you are when we're driving in your car and you're talking to me one on one, but you become somebody else around everyone else. You're watching your back like you can't relax. You're trying to be cool. You look like a fool to me. Life's like this You fall and you crawl and you break And you take what you get And you turn it into Honestly, you promise me I'm never gonna find you fake it No, no, no Sometimes I wonder, you know, my um, hi everybody. Yes, this is Mo Class. We're bringing my next episode, the Just a Nobody podcast episode to you. And I'm really excited because it's been a while. I, I always do this. I always do this. I always say that, hey man, mine's uh, a buy uh, two times a month uh, kind of podcast episode and I just don't keep up the deadline. But whatever is it. Now, sometimes I feel when I play the um, the intro song or the uh, the so- the podcast intro sometimes i feel hey man uh, what w- w- I- have i lost have i lost all of my listeners uh, in the first 20 seconds wondering you know what the hell is this is the podcast or this is is this some uh, amateur uh, 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 person who's just kind of singing and uh, you know kind of thing but whatever it is thank you so much guys for tuning in it's uh, it's wonderful to really, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, check that folks are actually tuning in and listening and hitting those, hitting the play button, hitting the download, uh, downloading these episodes. And I really am very grateful that you're doing that. Um, anyway, uh, I hope you all are doing well because it's the it, this is uh, this is the first episode uh, of mine. Uh, this is the first episode of the Just a Nobody podcast for the new year. So happy new year to all of you. I know it's almost a month of this 12 month year is almost over. We have 11 months to go and then we have another new year. You know, it's going to be 2023. I just can't believe it because I'm still stuck in 2015. Like literally, I'm actually still stuck in 2015. I haven't moved on from there. Moved on in the sense my mind is kind of, hey, like, are we literally in 2022? Like, how? How did we get here, you know, so quick, quickly? Especially the last two years with the pandemic. I don't know what's really happening. Uh, so happy, what I would say is, you know, it's happy 2022. Like, we have had 2022 times. It's the same year, repeated two times. And hopefully... It's not the third time, you know, because um, uh, we are still in the pandemic. It's still not over. We're still having many variants, you know. Hope it's not going to be the third year of 2022. Repeat it again. A deja vu of 2022 again. Hopefully, because things are looking better now. But hey, man, we have the Omicron. Last time when I spoke to you at the this podcast, there was no Omicron that existed. We just have the Delta variant. And now there's Omicron. Uh, uh, I hope, you know, there's no new variant. That's all that I can say. The boosters boosters, and the vaccinations work no matter 
what the strain or what the uh, you know uh, the new new variant is because uh, if there's a new if if the only way if the only way to kind of end this pandemic that's what I keep hearing you know the only way to end this pandemic is when everyone all over the world I mean adults eligible young kids uh, I think 15 year and above if everybody who are eligible to take a vaccine gets vaccinated all over the world then it would be the end of the pandemic that's what I keep you know, you're from scientists and folks like that. And that's what we have been telling that the simple solution for everyone to get vaccinated is make these vaccines that have been manufactured or they've researched and made and they're working, make it available all across the world. Because, you know, uh, because and the only way to do that, the only way to make vaccines available all across the world is to make it or manufacture it, or produce it locally. You know, I've been saying this all the while from the beginning, lift patterns, you know, share those recipes because this is a pandemic. We are in this third year, which is going to begin very soon in March. It's not getting over. There are new variants, etc. Vaccines for the coronavirus and its variants shouldn't be a profit-making business. It should be a charitable business, a charitable organization. It should be a 5013C3 organization. It should be a non-profit, not-for-profit. It should not be a competitive business, uh, capitalistic organization when it comes to vaccines for the coronavirus and its variants. I love competition, but not competition and not money-making when it comes to the vaccines, because it's just not helping, you know. Like we kept saying, share those vaccines. Only pharma companies and governments listened, maybe, with sharing the vaccines, but lifting those patents, we would not have it, because South Africa kept saying, South Africa kept saying, hey guys, you know, hey Pfizer, hey Moderna, give us those recipes. We have the scientific capabilities in South Africa to produce them locally. And South Africa can then kind of regionally distribute it within those areas. But that didn't happen. And where did the Omicron uh, variant really come from? It came from South Africa. It was first detected in South Africa. Maybe, you know, maybe if the patents were lifted and South Africa was allowed to locally make it, we would not have Omicron. Just saying, you know. You never know. Because Omicron came out of Africa, South Africa. And South Africa was the country that kept telling Pfizer and Moderna that, hey, man, even India and South Africa, hey, man, guys at Pfizer and guys at Moderna, pharma companies, we can produce it. We can produce it. But they didn't listen. And we have an Omicron. But I hope it's the end. I hope it's the end and no more variants after Omicron really arises. Because every episode I do, there's a new variant that really comes up. All I'm saying is vaccines should be available like Coca-Cola, Coke bottles. You know, in every corner of the world, in the remotest 
villages and that's possible if we lift patents and vaccines now coca-cola's strategies think global act local operations and supply chain strategies moving the production plant closer to customers and that's why anywhere in the world you go you know you can get coca-cola because coca-cola is easily available it's easily available because it thinks global it acts local it's easily available because it moves the production plants closer to its customers like if you go to india india is so huge it has rural india you have cities you have urban you have suburban you know but even in the remote places in india in the villages corner like i have not been to those places at all but if you go there you'll get coca cola why because they think global act local they move the production plants closer to the customers and if we do it for the vaccines maybe the pandemic would be over you know that's what i'm saying like einstein said if i were given 1 hour to save the planet i would spend 59 minutes defining the problem and a minute resolving it so that's what einstein said just repeat if i was given a, an hour to save the planet i would spend 15 9 minutes defining the problem and a minute resolving it but what are we doing with the vaccines the problem is the pandemic is the problem but what are we doing instead of kind of finding out why this pandemic how is it happening variants are keep you know kind of uh, drilling down on these variants etc we're spending visiting the reverse you know we're spending more time solving the problem by going on manufacturing 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 uh not locally but at one one place and then distributing it so to pharma companies all over the world who produce coronavirus vaccines and to governments who can do something about it to force these pharma companies please ask them to lift patents there's still time share those vaccine recipes allow local regional production of these vaccines act global no think global act local that's all we need to do because 1% uh, you know we need to spend 99% of the time to get the vaccines to people that's what i'm saying 1% of it to resolve it manufacture it locally because right now 50% of the world still need to be vaccinated i was just kind of reading somewhere pakistan only 70% are unvaccinated bangladesh 70% are unvaccinated ukraine south africa burma nigeria only 2% are vaccinated only 2% that means 98% are unvaccinated you see afghanistan 9% are vaccinated Angola 1.4% are vaccinated Ethiopia 1.4% 4% are vaccinated and Kenya 9% are vaccinated so major parts in Africa people are still not vaccinated the only way to reach that is to locally produce it it's not rocket science pretty simple spend that 99% of the time to get vaccines to people by locally producing it rather than you know producing it at one place and then distributing it just doesn't work it doesn't work like that because it just becomes a profit making business that's all that i'm saying man that's all that i'm saying anyways uh 
So it's a new year, huh? It's 2022. What are your New, year res new Year's resolution? Like, do you have some? Maybe you could write me and tell me, give me some ideas because I have no New Year resolutions whatsoever. I try to kind of, you know, uh, jot it down. I, I put a paper in front of me and uh, I said, hey man, let me just write what, what I want to do for the next, for 2022, what I want to achieve, what are my goals, what is the purpose what do I want to do? I couldn't write a single one down. So if you have a good idea for me, please write to me at just a nobody at gmail, just a nobody podcast at gmail.com. That's where you can write me. Um, but then uh, after a lot of thinking, you know, I just kind of have an idea that I should do this. Um, for everyone out there, you know, I'm a big fan of George Carlin. George Carlin is a comedian, American comedian. I've been listening, like he's been there forever. Like he, he is no more. He died in, in, he died in June, 2008. And I actually started watching him after he died. I didn't know who George Carlin was bef while he was alive. Seriously, it's, it's a shame. I really feel horrible even saying this because uh, George Carlin is a guy who taught me so much about, uh, he, he, he's like a teacher. He's a philosopher. He's like uh, he's like a scientist, you know, for me, at least. Uh, I, I'm sure there are many out there who have been listening to George Carlin and know about him and love him. But it's a shame that I started watching or listening to George Carlin after he died. I didn't know who he was while he was alive. So it's just been about five years that I've been watching George Carlin. And I love the guy. Why? Because he's a, he, he, uh, he has no filters. He's very blunt, upfront, speaks the truth, straight talker, and he he's and not just you know a straight talker and speak blunt, but intelligent. You know his conversation is intelligent. He's like a philosopher. I wish I was. I wish he was alive, and I wish more importantly, I'd actually listened to George Carlin while he was alive. Uh, I've I played a lot of George Carlin. Uh, you know on my. Um, I'm going to pass podcast episode for all my listeners who've been listening to it quite often. But, um, you know, so when it comes to George Carlin, I've decided that uh, I'm going to, f uh, to do the New Year's resolution. I've decided to follow the George Carlin's conversation policy because I love the way he communicates. I love the way how intelligent he is. You know, he just doesn't talk, but he talks sense. So that's what I like about him. And uh, I want to play this uh, George Collins bit where he talks about his conversation policy. And I think I'll make this my New Year's resolution, like very seriously, because enough of small talk, you know, this doesn't work these days. Small talk is just, hi, how are you? Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Let's be original. That's what I like. So let's listen to this bit um, uh, by uh, George Collin. And then uh, we'll talk about it. So here it is. Uh, I'll just play it right away. Yeah. Now I'd like to begin tonight with an opening announcement. Because of the FCC, I'm never sure of what it is I'm allowed to say. So, so I now have my own official policy. This is the language you will not be hearing tonight. You will not hear me say bottom line, game plan, role model, scenario, or hopefully. 
I will not kick back, mellow out, or be on a roll. I will not go for it, and I will not check it out. I don't even know what it is. And when I leave here, I definitely will not boogie. I promise not to refer to anyone as a class act, a beautiful person, or a happy camper. <laughs> I will also not be saying, what a guy. And you will not hear me refer to anyone's lifestyle. If you want to know what a moronic word lifestyle is, all you have to do is realize that in a technical sense, Attila the Hun had an active outdoor lifestyle. I will also not be saying any cute things like moi. And I will not use the French adverb tray to modify any English adjectives, such as tray awesome, tray gnarly, tray fabu, tray intense, or tray out of sight. I will not say concept when I mean idea. I will not say impacted when I mean affected. There will be no hands-on state-of-the-art networking. We will not maximize, prioritize, or finalize, and we definitely will not interface. There will also... There will also be no new age lingo spoken here tonight. No support group jargon from the human potential movement. For instance, I will not share anything with you. I will not relate to you and you will not identify with me. <laughs> I will give you no input and I will expect no feedback. This will not be a learning experience nor will it be a growth period. There'll be no sharing, no caring, no birthing, no bonding, no parenting, no nurturing. We will not establish a relationship, we will not have any meaningful dialogue, and we definitely will not spend any quality time. <laughs> be supportive of one another so that we can get in touch with our feelings in order to feel good about ourselves and if you're one of those people who needs a little space please go the fuck outside <laughs> oh man george carlin one of the best one of the best i love this uh, uh, that's my that's my that's my new year's resolution to just follow George Carlin's conversation policy. The guy's not alive. He, he died in 2008. Like seriously. And I started listening, watching him, watching his comedy after he died. But still, I'm going to follow George Carlin's policy of, you know, being very blunt, straight talk, no small talk. It doesn't work. And this, if anything that the pandemic has really taught us is no small talk. Let's get straight to the point. So I, I really love how he says, you know, 
uh, we're not going to say bottom line. We're not going to say game plan, role models, hopefully, scenario, kick back, mellow out, go for it, be on the roll, check it out. We're not going to say concept instead of saying idea. We're not going to say impacted instead of saying affected. How true that is, you know? We just add glossy, gloss, we just add glossy words to the way we talk, you know, gloss it up, fancy words, jargons to just sound good. I think we need to really cut it out and keep it simple. Like, and to, to add to George Carlin's list, I'm going to add therefore, henceforth, thereafter, because those words make me vomit, literally make me vomit. Uh, so like Einstein said, that if you can't explain it simply to someone, you don't understand it well enough. Have you heard people who use fancy words, who use jargons, you know, they don't really know what they're talking about. They use those words as uh, uh, to just sound great, you know, but they don't understand anything. They don't understand the con. They don't know what are they talking about. It's people who talk the fifth grade uh level uh and try to communicate it to you at the fifth grade level is people really understand and that's what einstein said that if you can't if you can't just say it simply you don't understand it well enough so all i'm saying is uh that is that is one great thing that uh, i came across and i wanted to share with you maybe you know think about it i think this is one of the greatest news resolution that we all can have just be true just be blunt just be honest just be uh just be a straight talker right rather than just you know glossing up our conversations using fancy words using jargons just to impress people you know i love that man i love the judge column but uh so talking about uh so how many of you all actually watch the australian open uh, because I had a blast. I've been, you know, trying to watch the matches at the Australian Open for a pretty long time, but I was just not getting to it, you know, because of the time difference between Australia and, and the rest of the world, I believe. Like, sometimes I wonder whether Australia is on another planet, whether Australia actually follows light years or do they follow earth years? I have no clue, but I was not getting to watch, to watch you know, to watch even a single match because of the time difference. But on Sunday... Today, I woke up really early and I said, hey man, I need to watch this men's final. And especially because Rafael Nadal was uh, in the finals. And I've been watching this guy right from the beginning, right from the beginning since he started. So of course, watching from him from from that time onwards. And I said, let me just wake up early. Let me just watch this match. And I was like, the first two sets, Nadal lost. And I said, this is not going the way I expected and I was like, shit, is this the end? But the perfect Nadal did the perfect Nadal. And he came back after winning the first, losing the first two sets and then jumping back and winning the remaining three sets was simply mind-blowing. And that's what I love about the guy. I hope he can, you know, go on. Because after so many injuries, so many surgeries, I think he played really well. And uh, congratulations, especially because I think Nadal won his 21st major title, two Australian Opens, 13 French Open titles, Wimbledon two, and US Open four titles. That's a total of 21 major titles. So it's a big deal. Uh, today is a, was a big deal for Nadal. Um, 
So I uh, just want to congratulate Nadal and all to all his fans out there who've been watching him just like me, you know, for so long. Um, it, it was a blast, really. I'm coming to uh, what, uh, you know, uh, I, I was, I uh, since we're talking about uh, since we're talking about uh, stuff like this, you know, I came across uh, this on the internet somewhere where there, there, was this, there was this board in front of a library that said, we have moved a few books around. The library puts a note outside on a board saying that we have moved a few books around in the library. Travel is now a fantasy section. Science fiction is current affairs in the current affairs section and epidemiology is in self-help. How true is that? Look at the current. Uh, look at the current uh, affairs right now. Everybody's talking about science. You know, we have the James Space Webb Telescope, the Space Telescope, uh, James Webb Space Telescope that is out there. It's traveled like millions of miles away from Earth. It's going to capture. It's going to capture the universe from far there. Great, everyone. That's current affairs. And I'm talking about space telescopes in current affairs. And there's so many things that. You know, people are going into the edge of space. Everybody's running to get there. Science fiction has literally become current affairs. Travel is become, a, you know, uh, the, as the library says that, you know, our travel books are in the fantasy section. How true. The pandemic has literally stopped all our travels. Nobody's traveling anymore. Now we just have to read books to, uh, you know, it's a fan- it is it's a fantasy and epidemiology is self up that is everybody is not listening to scientists about uh, about vaccines or about things that you need to really do or maybe sometimes we're so bored with you know uh, who or you know these organizations telling us do this and do that get a vaccine you'll never get infected but then we have noticed that people who are vaccinated are also getting infected but the good thing is you know people who are infected who are vaccinated and get infected, they're not really in a bad situation. They don't get that bad, which is a plus point. But still, why are vaccinated people getting infected? You know, so there's so much of confusion that we've all adopt, adopted self-help kind of medication. There are some people out there who are taking um, some medicines that are given to horses, you know, instead of really getting vaccinated. So I just, I just don't understand. Everything is self-help. So I love, literally love this thing that I came across. The board outside a library that said, travel is now a fantasy section because we no longer travel. Science fiction is current affairs in the current affairs section. And epidemiology is a self-help section, which is anything related to medical science is now self-help, you know. And to top it all, I really love the science fiction as current affairs because uh, look at it, you know, everybody is rushing to go to the edge of space, millionaires, billionaires, whoever they are, the wealthy, just running to the edge of space, you know. And then the biggest news that came from the James Webb Space Telescope. How many of you are really following the James, James Webb Space Telescope, which is on its, which has already uh, reached the... L2 position, um, you know, let's dive into it. You know, the James Webb telescope was uh, was launched. It's a space telescope, not the ground-based. There are two types of telescopes. One is a ground-based telescopes. And then there are telescopes that are in space, like the Hubble. So J- the James Webb Space Telescope, I was just reading about it. I'm learning as I'm talking to you on this podcast. I'm no expert, you know, but I really find it so fascinating, like, 
how, 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 you know, science is, is like, imagine just sending, I can't get over this, that, you know, we're sending out an entire telescope that was built on Earth, sending it far away into space. Now, this telescope is four times away from where the moon is. It's farther away from the moon, four times, four times the distance from Earth to moon, four times that a space telescope has been sent there. It was launched, sent out on Christmas, that is 25th December 2021. Uh, and it is a collaboration between NASA, the European Space Agency, and the Canadian Space Agency. And after launch, it took about two weeks process to deploy its antennas, its mirrors, its sun shield, and it kept moving and cruising out and uh, cruising out on its own. And it's powered by the sun, which is the best part of it. Of course, the sun shields protect the telescope from radiation and heat, which is so fascinating. Like, imagine. I don't know how long they really took to build this telescope on Earth. I'm just following, you know, the cruising uh, part. Now, this space telescope, like recently, a few days back, like that is why, you know, science fiction is now current affairs. Everybody's talking about the space telescope, which has already reached the L2 position uh, that is 1 million miles away at, uh, from Earth, 1 million miles away from Earth. The moon currently is 238,900 miles away, while this telescope will be 1 million miles away. That is four times farther away from the moon. Um, and uh, w what is more fascinating is you know, how uh, distance is calculated in space. That is one light year is equal to the distance that light travels in one Earth year. So that's about 10 trillion kilometers, about 6 trillion miles. So in one Earth year, one beam of light travels 6 trillion miles or 10 trillion kilometers. Imagine. That's why they calculate everything in light years because it's easier. Rather than you know, saying 6 trillion miles, you say one light year. Instead of saying 10 trillion kilometers, you say one light year. Wow. Boosh. It's like, you know, uh, mind-blowing. For example, like, you know, I was just reading the other day that there was, there was news that uh, astronomers saw the death of a star through, the, through a ground-based telescope. Now, a death of a star far away now, this was a red star. It was a bright star. It was huge. It's located about 120 million light years away from Earth. 120 million light years away from Earth. It self-destructed and it died. So the thing was, since, the, of course, it was currently, it happened last month, I believe, and, or this month, early this month, so in January 2022, astronomers looked through those ground-based telescopes and saw a red star self-destructing itself and dying. And the star was 120 million light years away from Earth. So in the true sense, what astronomers saw in January 2022 is actually what happened 120 million years back as they say one million one one 
earth here is equal to one beam of light it takes one beam of light to travel because the light that they saw uh, the, the thing that they saw 120 million light years away actually happened 120 million years ago so it's like it's mind-blowing you know this entire concept of astronomy sometimes i just keep reading i'm like hey man how is it even possible so now imagine right now if there are aliens on another planet that is 65 million light years away that's when uh, when you know an asteroid hit earth 65 million years ago an asteroid hit earth and dinosaurs began to die they were getting destroyed at that time 65 million years ago so right now like our time january 2022 aliens sitting 65 million light years away from earth if they're facing their telescopes ground based space telescopes towards earth they won't see as humans they'll see dinosaurs actually getting destroyed because that's the time it takes for light to travel in space so for aliens right now 65 million light years away or 65 million years ago looking at earth humans don't exist and that's the beauty of space and some, sometimes they're just like you know hey man like how is this even possible but anyway science fiction is actually becoming current affairs with the james webb uh, space telescope um which is one of the best things that um, that has happened it's uh, it's going to look into the past uh, 3.5 billion years ago that is 50.5 billion light years ago and uh, the, it's going to answer most important questions like how our planets formed how our galaxies formed it formed it's going to study near the nearby universe it's going to learn about chemical composition of planetary planetary atmosphere um and it has already reached its destination, which is the L2 point, the Lagrange La, 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 La La orbit. Lagrange La Grange orbit. It's Lagrange orbit, the L2 orbit. Now, the L2 orbit, the beauty of the L2 orbit is um, it is a point in space where two large bodies, that the Earth and the Sun, their gravitational force and their orbital move motion, it cancels out. And that's why the James Webb Space Telescope has been sent to the L2 point because it doesn't have to deal with the gravity of Earth and Sun. It doesn't have to deal with the gravity of the Moon as well and or the orbital movements of that. So it, the gravity uh, nullifies. It's zero at that L2 point. And therefore, the... Therefore! Fucking... Therefore. I'm never going to use that word. This word makes me vomit, Okay never never ever like uh, no right so uh so this this james webb space telescope is already on the l2 point which is the lagrange point and at this point it doesn't have to deal with the gravity of the earth sun of moon and therefore it because of that before because of that it uses minimal fuel to keep itself in the position and using less fuel uh, and because it uses less fuel at L2 position, it doesn't, it can, you know, it can last longer and can make more discoveries. And that's the beauty of this whole James Webb Space Telescope, which has traveled 
one million miles from Earth to look at to look at planets and to look at the universe 3.5 billion years ago, 3.5 billion light years ago, to see how were planets formed, how did the universe become, how did galaxies form, study the nearby universe and learn more about the chemical composition of the atmosphere, which is great. Like I'm, and I think uh, it's expected to send the first image, this James Webb Space Telescope, it's supposed to send its first image uh, in the month of June this year. Which is, wow. I think it's one point, not one million miles, about one million miles is equal, equal to 1.5 million kilometers from Earth. That is for people who follow the kilometers uh, metric uh, system. Uh, another reason I would say is that um, current affairs, uh, that uh, science fiction has become current affairs is with the recent news that Elon Musk uh, has a brain implant company called Neuralink, which is soon going to start, start human trials of embedding brain chips, that is uh, embedding chips into brains of humans as clinical trials. He's going to begin that very soon. Very strange. Now he's a guy who built rockets, right? He's a built who he's a guy who built cars and stuff like that. I don't know how he's got into clinical trials of uh, putting in uh, chips human into human brains. Like, I just don't get that. Um, because uh, I believe the the new the company of Elon Musk Neuralink is looking for a clinical trial director and. Uh, it seems the organization has already tried it on monkeys uh, by implanting these brain chips. And these brain implants allowed monkeys to play video games uh, with their own thoughts. And the intention of the brain implant is uh, to treat a variety of neurological disorders such as paralysis. All I'm saying is, hey, the idea is good. You know, if it can, if it, if a brain implant can, can solve, can, uh, can eradicate paralysis and you know some day some of the dangerous diseases it can be also be misused so how about you know uh i hope it's going to be i hope it's going to be uh, regulated that's important you can't just leave elon musk and his company to kind of keep producing human chips uh, brain chips and allow people to kind of implant it into their brains and do whatever they want like you know as if they're buying a car these things need to be regulated because you know people can actually misuse it. I can already, I can already imagine wealthier people who went up into space saying that, "Hey, I want to have a brain chip fitted in my brain so that I can be more productive. I can live forever. I never die." You know, you never know. You can have a brain, you can have a brain chip tomorrow made that will make people immortal. Wealthy people are going into space. They'll say, now tomorrow I want a brain chip because I want to be more productive. I'd never want to die. So I hope this is going to be regulated if it ever uh, goes through because I believe uh, the human trials are already beginning. It's like a Black Mirror episode, you know? A Black Mirror episode where a mother is so possessive about the safety of a child 
that she fits a chip in the brain of a child so that she can track her whereabouts. So a brain chip is into the child's brain and a mother with a laptop can actually track the whereabouts of her daughter, which is scary. It's really scary. So that's why I'd say science fiction is actually becoming current affairs these days. You know? Seriously. The question is, hey man, so uh, yeah, it's good. The brain chips are good for solving major science, uh, I mean, uh, major medical issues of people. But it can be misused. I can. They, they probably will make a brain chip that will make you live forever. What then? You know? Anyway, that's what. Um, I hope it is regulated, whatever it is, jokes apart. Uh, I hope it is regulated. And uh, all I'm saying is don't allow a car manufacturer or don't allow a guy who makes rockets or launches rockets to make brain chips. Because brain is a medical line of business. I don't know. I just don't know. But I won't be surprised if this gets a green signal. And, um, you know, because recently there was this there was this guy in Maryland, a 57-year-old man in Maryland who almost was terminally ill. Uh, he had a life-threatening heart disease and currently is living with a genetically modified pig heart, a heart transplant from a pig. So the surgery happened on January 7th, that is this month, on the 7th, and he's still living. So if something like that, which we never imagined is successful, maybe animal to human organ transplant may become the next big thing. You know, next we'll have another organ, lungs, kidneys from pigs, uh, and then genetically modified and then put into humans. Because the 57-year-old man who was terminally ill with a heart disease is still living. And he had a surgery like 20 days back. Anything's possible, man. Anything's possible. I, all I wanted to kind of conclude to is that science fiction has actually become current affairs. We're still in the pandemic, though. All I'm saying is lift patents. Think global. Act local. Allow vaccine production to be local. Vaccine production is, should not be a money-making business. It should be a non-profit kind of business, not-for-profit kind of business. It should be a 501c3 kind of business. That's all that I'm saying. Right, so guys, uh, you know, for those people who have been listening to my podcast for a pretty long time, you all know I've always, for so many times, I've sang uh, Meatloaf's uh, I Would Do Anything for Love. Like, and not only singing the song, always try to figure out while singing the songs, or who follow on me social media, or folks who, who, uh, who listen to me, my podcast, they know that, you know, I always, I'm always singing meatloafs. I would do anything for love. I'm trying to figure out, I would do anything for love, and I won't do that. The that 
in that song. I always try to figure out what is that 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 he really means. And it's so sad that Meatloaf is, uh, he died. He died recently. I think less than a week back. And it was so sad. I mean, I love the guy. I love Meatloaf. And uh, he's given us such great music. Like, no doubt about it. Um, the rest in peace, Mr. Loaf. Rest in peace, Meat. Rest in peace. You know, I really like the guy. Yeah, so coming to the song, you know, he's already gone without even telling us what does he mean by that. In that, in, I, you know, I won't do that. So I was trying to figure out, you know, it was like, of course, he says, uh, he says like uh, that six times. So I was trying to figure out that day after he died. And I said, he says that six times in the song. And each of the times, it's not clear what is that that he really means. Like he says, and I would do anything for love. And I would do anything for love. And I would do anything for love. But I won't do that. No, I won't do that. What is he saying about that? And this is not, the, I'm not just saying it now. I've been trying to figure this out like for years now. And I love meatloaf. So it's like he says it six times. It's like, and I would do anything for love. I would run right into hell and back. Tongue, tongue. And I would do anything for love. And I'll never lie to you. And that's the fact. Tongue, tongue. But I'll never forget the way you feel right now. Oh, no. <gasps> no way. And I would do anything for love. But I won't do that. No. No, I won't do that. And there are, you know, there are some six verses, I think, and all of, and he repeats that six times. I figured out after he died, I said, you know, I was, I was like earlier, I always try to figure out what is it that he said. But I said, you know, he'll tell us one day. But now he's no more. There's, there's no meatloaf to tell us what is it that he really meant. So I started reading. <laughs> I wanted to figure out what did meatloaf really mean by that. And then, uh, and then there was this, you know, there was this interview uh, I was reading online. I think it's a blog piece. And then uh, this blogger is talking about an interview that uh, Meatloaf had done and uh, where the interviewee had asked him, the anchor, someone had asked him, like, what is it that that he really means? And same questions that I've been asking for years. So Meatloaf says that um, in that interview, he says that that is explained just before he says that, like, you know, it's so confusing. It's really confusing. Like, for instance, he says, uh, but I'll never do it better than I do it with you. So, but I won't do that. So when he says, I won't do that, it's like, I won't do it better than I do it with you. Or he says, but I'll never stop dreaming of you every night of my life. Oh, no, no way. But I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. So that is, I won't stop dreaming of you every night of my life. So Meatloaf in that interview, he says that the explanation is in the line before he says that. So when he's saying, I I will never forgive myself if we don't go all the way tonight. 
No way, and I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. So the explanation is before the sentence. So that is, but I'll that I will never forgive myself if we don't go all the way tonight. That's the explanation I got. I'm still not convinced because it's still confusing. Um, and maybe, you know, uh, the song became such a hit because it has that mystery. You know, nobody knows. Of course, I found that block piece after Meatloaf's death. But I'm still not convinced. Meatloaf in that interview says, you know, he means that it's a sentence. The answer to that, that is in the, the explanation to the that is in the line before. But I'm still not convinced. But maybe, you know, that song really became a hit because, because of that mystery. Anyways, R.I.P. Meatloaf, man. I really love the guy so much. He was so good. Mr. Loaf, Mr. Meat, Mr. Meatloaf. Let's listen to uh, him singing because let's, maybe we try to figure it out, the that, in this, while listening to this. Maybe. Yeah, just listen. Meatloaf. Now, when he says, uh, I won't do that. Now, the, uh, if the explanation is before the line, then the before the that in this particular verse, he says that I'll, I'll not forget the way you made me feel. I'll never forget the way you feel right now. And the that maybe is that in the explanation. That's what I think. Okay. I'm still trying to, uh, trying to figure this out, but that's what I think. Let's go further with this song. Yeah, because I love this song so much. Uh, let's play this. Yeah. Dang, 
awesome, man. I love that song. I really love that song. Um, so that was uh, Meatloaf. And I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. But anyway, since we're talking about music, um, uh, since we're talking about music, recently uh, Taylor Swift was, uh, was in the news because... And I love Taylor Swift. I really love her because, um, of course, she's she's a great musician. She's a great singer. She's a great songwriter. She's a great actress. But at the same time, um, what I like about her is her her bluntness. Like, she'll come after you if she's right. And you've kind of attacked her. And you never mess with Taylor Swift because we have seen her, how she re-recorded all her alb- her songs that were owned by by a company you know and a company a music company owned her songs several of her songs she tried to buy it out but the music company refused to sell her own songs to her so what taylor swift did she re-recorded the song she sang a decade ago and made it her own and she called it taylor's version and that's what taylor swift is all about She's a gutsy woman. You never mess with Taylor Swift. But what uh, what happened recently was the singer Damon Albarn. Uh, now, he's a British uh, singer from, uh, I think he's a member of the band Blur. You know the song? Woohoo! And I think I like the song. I'm not, say, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't like uh, Damon Albarn. But uh, the recent comment that he made in an interview uh, were out of the blues. You know, he just... in. I think it was to LA Times, he made this interview. He, he gave this interview and he said that Taylor Swift doesn't write her own music. And if she co-writes, co-writing is not a big deal, you know. And he just says it out of the blue. Taylor Swift is not, not in front of him. She's not there to defend it. But I think LA Times published this uh, quote by um, by uh, Damon Albarn, who's a singer, a British singer. Um, and what Taylor Swift did, she came back. She hit. Damon Albarn back by, uh, you know, using his uh, Twitter handle and telling him, you know, I loved your music, but not now, because let me tell you, I write my own music, you know, so nobody really messes with Taylor Swift because she's going to come back to you, you know, and get you. That's what, and that's what I really like about uh, uh, Taylor Swift, because she's really brutal, she's blunt, she's direct, and she gets straight to the point. And I think that's the conversation policy we all need to have. Like George Collins really says. So imagine, you know, messing up with someone like this. Like someone who's re-recorded all her songs so that she could own it. And all the songs that she sang a decade ago. Gutsy woman, man. You don't mess with them. Um, so it's, it's crazy that, um, you know, there was a song uh, I remember a few years back. The Man. Where she sang the song, The Man. And uh, in the song, you know, she keeps describing how difficult it is. People coming at her all the time, you know. And this is what has been happening. Like recently, the Damon Albarn need to need to just shut up if you don't like Taylor Swift's music. That's what I do. If I love someone's work, I'll appreciate that person like thousands and dozens and millions of times till till you know until I kind of embarrass a person. Like I'll do it so much. But if I don't like someone's work, I just shut up, you know, because. You know, there's an audience for everybody. So that's what Damon Albarn needed to shut up. If he doesn't like Taylor Swift's music, just needed to shut up, right? But this guy, you know, he came out saying that Taylor Swift doesn't write her music. And what do you expect Taylor Swift to just sit down and just listen to it? No, the girl clarifies it. 
she hits back. That's what I really like. So there's a song, you know, The Man by Taylor Swift. And she's exactly talking about, you know, uh, people who really get back, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 in the song, in the in the song Man. She's talking about how people are continuously hitting on, you know, uh, going behind or uh, dragging her into some controversy or the other and how difficult it is for women to really prove themselves. They don't take women at the workplace very, very seriously. That's what she's been talking and, uh, you know, she keeps talking about, I don't know whether you heard, you must listen to it. Maybe I'll play it at the end of this, uh, this episode. And then she keeps talking about how, uh, uh, you know, uh, women's achievements are not uh, appreciated, are not rewarded, not taken seriously. But if a man does something, hey man, you know, he's done, uh, yeah, he's, he's doing a great job. You know, everything he does is taken seriously. So I'll play that song maybe towards the end. Um, but, uh, that's what Taylor Swift is all about. And I think, uh, no one should really mess with her, you know, uh, like in the song, she keeps saying, I'm so, I'm so sick of running as fast as I can, wondering if I would get there quicker if I was a man. And I'm so sick of them coming at me again, because if I was a man, then I would be the man, I would be the man. They would say, I hustled, put in the work. They wouldn't shake their heads and question how much of this I deserve. What I'm wearing or whether I'm rude. You know, she says all this in a song. And that's what she's experienced right now. This, was, this song was recorded like a decade ago, maybe. Or maybe five years ago. And uh, she says it, that I'm sick of them coming at me again. And that's what Damon Albin really did. He came back at her by saying she doesn't, uh, really sing her own songs, which is crazy. You talk about music, music industry. I said, let me just talk about this as well. It's crazy how people just come at you, you know, because uh, because you're a woman, and that's a fact. Never taken seriously. I would be cool. Wait, I'll play this uh, towards the end. Uh, right, so um, I think that's all that I had for this week. And it's so nice and so uh, happy that I could uh, really uh, do this episode after such a long time. I had a few things that I wanted to talk about, but I think I'm running out of time. Maybe I'll do it sometime, some other time. But all I want to tell you that if you are, if you want to reach out to me, please write to me at justanobodypodcast at gmail.com. That's my email address. You can also DM me on my Twitter account, uh, Twitter handle. That's um, M-E-A-R-L-C-O-L-A-C-O. That's my Twitter handle. You can, you can DM me there if you want to kind of give me a feedback, any kind of uh uh, and you want to say anything or whatever, but my new is resolution is going to be George Carlin's conversation uh, policy. I just played that bit. No using fancy words. No using jargons. Speak straight to the, straight to the point, as real as possible, and stop being, uh, you know, uh, uh, the less filter that you have the better it is for all of us. So let me just play The Man, because I talked about this song by Taylor Swift, The Man, where she's talking about she's so tired of people coming back at her again and again. And that's what she's experienced, you know, recently. Talking about, uh, what is it? Uh, I'm tired of people uh, coming at me. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm wondering, uh, like I'm sick of running 
as fast as I can, wondering if I would get there quicker. You know, women are ambitious. They want to they wanna reach where they want to reach. But sometimes uh, it takes longer for them, you know, to get there as compared to a man. Maybe that's why the United States has not had a, a woman as a president yet. There are less leaders all around the world who are women. And they need to be taken seriously. I think they view uh, women do wonderful work, but they need to be taken seriously. That's all that I'm saying. Anyways, let's listen to the song. I'll be on the other side uh, after I'll play a minute of the song, okay? This is Taylor Swift with the song The Man. Why I'm talking about it? Because Taylor Swift was recently attacked by a man called Damon Albin. He is a British singer from the band Blur. Uh, of the 90s, I think, uh, fame. And uh, he said in an interview to LA Times that Taylor Swift doesn't write her own music, which is crazy when she actually does it all the time. So you have the song, uh, The Man by Taylor Swift. I'll be on the side after we listen to a little bit of this, yeah. They say I played the field before I found someone to commit to. That would be okay for me to do. Every conquest I had made would make me more of a boss to you. I'd be a fearless leader. I'd be an alpha type. When everyone believes ya, what's that like? I'm so sick of running as fast as I can. Wondering if I'd get there quick or if I was a man. And I'm so sick of them coming at me again. Cause if I was a man. That's all that I had for this week, guys. Thank you so much for all those people who keep tuning in, listening to uh, listening to my episodes and uh, commenting. Thank you so much for your feedback because I know how much it really means to hit the play button. It's not easy, guys. Come on. Thank you so much uh, for people, uh, for listeners all over the world. Abby, I'm watching you. Thank you so much. Anyways, until next time, baby. Bye, 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 bye. Bye. Yeah.